Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. How to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I do understand that we have some first-time guests today or some people who may be visiting us and this topic maybe some of you are saying well this is one of the reasons why I don't go to Hungry Gen. It's because of that crazy. Um, and that's what I'm going to talk about today is that crazy. Um, what some people call crazy we simply Bible calls the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is not crazy. What's crazy is Ouija boards. What's crazy is dream catchers. What's crazy is Alice in the Wonderland. What's crazy is Harry Potter. What's crazy is witchcraft. What's crazy is talking to the dead, predicting the future, reading zodiac signs. That's crazy. But the Spirit of God that created this world, the first chapter of the Bible, in the second verse, introduces this person, the Holy Spirit. He came, there was chaos. After He came, there was order. There was everything that we call normal today. But before Him, everything was crazy. In chapter 6 of Genesis, this Holy Spirit was grieved. The word there is strive and no biblical scholar can really say what it really really means. We don't know exactly what it means. It means to be maybe um, judged or uh, to be contended with but the Bible says God comes to this world and sees the violence and sees the brokenness in this world and he said my spirit will not strive with man forever. Meaning my spirit is grieved. My spirit is, is, is affected by all the violence, by all the hate, by all the immorality, by all the racism, by all the offense, by all the junk that is in this world. And you will think God would say, I'm taking him out. I'm gonna take my spirit out of the earth and have you guys go and self-destruct. You know what the Bible says? God came and says, now all of y'all gonna live here no more than 120. I find it interesting. God didn't remove His Spirit. He simply cut our ears, ears on this earth. God didn't take the Spirit from the earth. He simply took us out faster. <laughs> you know one of the reasons you and I don't live 900 years is because of the behavior and attitude it caused to the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons people die early today and we don't live thousand years is because God's Spirit was so affected by the evil on this earth. On the day of Pentecost, God poured out His Spirit today. God didn't remove His Spirit. He gave us His Spirit. I want to talk to you, before we talk about how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to mention to you four baptisms. The first baptism is the baptism that many people don't realize. It is actually a baptism. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is this baptism? In 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 it says the following, for one, for by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, Russians or Mexicans, white or black, whether white or black or whether slaves or free, whether young or old, male or female, we all have been made to drink into one spirit. So watch this. It says we were all baptized 
by the Holy Spirit into one body. So baptism of the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is not when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit is baptizing you into Jesus. How did you and I became part of Jesus's body? Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When did this happen? When you got saved, the Holy Spirit took you from being lost, from being broken, from being in sin, from being annihilated from God, from being separated from God. He takes you and He dunks you, immerses you into Jesus and you become part of Jesus. That's why now you don't identify with your past, you identify with Christ. Your identity is not where you've been, what you've done, who you smoked it with and where you've been. Your identity is who you are in Jesus. Those who are in Christ are new creation. All things have passed away and behold all things are new. You might have done drugs, you might have lost your virginity, you might have participated in sexual immorality but when the Holy Ghost takes you from dead, He places you into Christ. You know long God doesn't see you, He sees Jesus inside of you. He treats you like Jesus and that my friend is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Somebody give God some praise for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you've been changed by that baptism, give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. So baptism of the Holy Spirit is not the same as the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now. English is my third language, considering tongues, fourth. But, and so I am not necessarily will be the best person, but I do know that there is a difference between of and with. So many times when we say, did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What we really mean is, do you speak in tongues? Did you have that infilling of the Holy Spirit? But theologically speaking, baptism of the Holy Spirit is during salvation, the Holy Spirit puts you into Jesus and that is I believe the most important baptism every person needs to experience. You're immersed into Jesus. You're not simply, Jesus doesn't sprinkle you. He fully immerses you. The Holy Spirit immerses you into Jesus. Why is that important? Because it deals with a lot of our insecurities. It deals with a lot of our fears. It deals with our past. It deals with generational curses. It deals with our identification. We are into Christ, in Christ. Who put us into Christ? Who put us into Christ? The Holy Spirit. You have to say the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Everett taught me that. He says, you Russians never say the. I said, the reason I don't say the is because Holy Spirit is a person. And you don't say the Everett. You say Everett but anyway but the Holy Spirit puts us into Christ that's the first baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit the second baptism and that's the one that all of us are aware of it's called the water baptism somebody say water baptism water baptism in Matthew it says that to go into all the world Matthew 28 and verse 19 it says go into all the world and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all the things that I have taught you and lo I am with you always until the end of age amen water baptism is physically we're symbolizing what happens spiritually 
during salvation. So spiritually, Holy Spirit takes me from being away from God, baptizes me into Jesus, leaves me in Jesus. I become a new creation. I become a new person. I'm loved by God. I am His child. He sees me as Jesus. I'm righteous. And then second baptism is now publicly I symbolize that spiritual baptism by going into water and I am identifying with Jesus' death, burial and resurrection. Now we do that at church in the park. I think the next water baptism will be in the river. Um, one of the youth nights that we're gonna do that outside. We believe that that's done when you are of age means it's not during baby dedication like when they dedicate you at the catholic church and the priest sprinkles you with water that's really cool that they do that but that's not water baptism that's water sprinkling the word immer baptism means immersion so the way we dedicate our babies we don't use water we used to do water but we don't do we just lay hands and we dedicate babies to the Lord so if you were dedicated as a child at the Catholic Church and the priest came and sprinkled some water that is awesome but that's not water baptism water baptism happens when you are of age and you understand the baptism into Jesus and now you want to publicly declare that you've been put into Jesus by being water baptized everybody with me so first water, first baptism is baptism of the Holy Spirit. Second baptism is water baptism. Third baptism is baptism in the Holy Spirit. What is this baptism? Who came up with this baptism? Actually the first mention of this baptism is by John the Baptist. John Baptist believed in baptism in the Holy Spirit. So my precious Baptist friends, you gotta follow John the Baptist. He talked about baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus comes on the scene and he says, behold the Lamb of God. And then Jesus gets water baptized and then John says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John the Baptist is talking about another baptism that Jesus will baptize. So this is interesting. Here is Holy Spirit baptizing us into Jesus during salvation and here is Jesus baptizing us into the Holy Spirit during surrender. They keep baptizing each other into each other. John the Baptist says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now this did not happen for three and a half years. Jesus healed the sick, Jesus cast out devils, Jesus raised the dead, he cleansed the lepers, he preached the gospel, he taught the kingdom, he made disciples, he prayed all night, he did many things but there's one thing Jesus did not do during his earthly ministry. He did not baptize nobody in the Holy Spirit. After his death he breathed upon his disciples and said receive the Holy Spirit but that wasn't that. Why? Because later on he says I want you to wait and that which John spoke about is yet to happen. They already had the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Disciples had the Holy Spirit in them because Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But this wasn't the baptism yet. This was the indwelling, not the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And then on the day of Pentecost, the scripture says the Spirit of God came upon them who 
baptize them in the Holy Spirit Jesus so when we pray for the baptism with the Holy Spirit we're asking Jesus to baptize us into the Holy Spirit we're not asking the Holy Spirit sometimes I see young believers you know when they want to receive the gift of tongues they're like oh Holy Spirit baptize me into what the Holy Spirit it's not proper theologically we ask Jesus to baptize us into the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit already did the baptism am I confusing anybody with all the baptisms you're like man I just thought water was the only thing they were supposed to do hang in I have one more baptism for you so baptism into the Holy Spirit is done by Jesus which what we're going to be believing for today the fourth baptism and there is about seven of them in the Bible I'm just going to only mention the fourth one is the baptism of suffering and that's martyrdom it's when you get the privilege of having your life being taken from you because of your decision to follow Jesus Christ now this is not a very popular topic and it's not a necessarily something that probably will happen to most of us in this room but I do have to mention that because this happens to many people that are watching us on YouTube and the parts of the world that they live in and some of us will see a day where some of us will have the privilege I didn't say a punishment but it's a privilege to be baptized like this Matthew 20 23 it says and he said to them you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with but to sit at my right hand and my left hand is not mine to give but it is for those to whom it is prepared by my father it also speaks in Mark where Jesus says you will be baptized with the baptism I'm about to be baptized with this baptism is not the baptism in water that Jesus is talking about he's talking about the cup and he's talking about the baptism and what this means is Jesus will not just endure persecution it's when you get sprinkled with persecution Jesus will not just endure criticism he always had criticism Jesus will not just endure hate this means because you know we all experience persecution to some degree we all experience hate to some degree we all experience criticism that's like somebody sprinkling with water baptism that Jesus is talking about where you get fully immersed and your whole life gets taken away not because you were trying to rob some somebody's house and somebody came out and shot you I'm not talking about that that's not baptism that's foolishness we're not talking about a car accident where somebody hits you and you lost your life we're not talking about where you lose your life do a do, do a battle to a disease as unfortunate as that is we are talking about something that Christians knew so dearly for hundreds of years for some of us we still fight over the issue of giving 10% to God and all of this stuff total nonsense and foolishness to the first early Christians who honestly viewed their goal in their walk with Christ their level of like this is what you're aiming for like you know some of us are aiming you know I want to stop smoking I want to go to church every Sunday I want to read the Bible at least one chapter a day and then I want to pray maybe like every two days or something like that's my goal their goal was higher this was their goal to be worthy to be martyred for Jesus their leader Jesus was their example and they found no other aim in life than to live and die like he did now I'm gonna leave this baptism alone for now because I see a lot of some of you are already kind of like I like the Holy Spirit one 
And the other one, I'm not sure about it. Most likely, relax. It's not going to happen to some of us. The most that will happen to most of us is we're going to get sprinkled with a little bit of police and some other stuff. But we'll be okay. And if we are not going to be okay, if the Lord suffered for us, we will embrace every and any suffering for Him. So take that criticism, take that hate, take that whatever comes your way with gladness and joy that you can be count worthy to suffer for Jesus Christ. We don't just believe in Jesus. We also suffer for Jesus. We don't just enjoy His blessings. We also endure the cross. And I'm not talking about here today because you put all of your money in crypto and you lost them last week. And that's not the suffering I'm talking about. I'm not talking about today you had an argument with your wife and now you have to sleep on the couch. You're like, man, I'm just carrying the cross. No, no, you're not carrying your cross. You're an idiot. And so that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you actually live for Jesus and you have to deny yourself and suffer some consequences because you are a Christian. Amen. And now in the conclusion, and we want to come to prayer. How to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? How to receive this baptism into the Holy Spirit? Number one is you have to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you have to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today God wants to extend this most important gift the Holy Spirit is standing here today and says if you are ready to repent I'm ready to plant you into Jesus if you are ready to turn away from your sin I will baptize you into Jesus if you are ready to put your trust in Jesus's way to salvation I'm ready to baptize you into Jesus so in order to let Jesus baptize us into the Holy Spirit, we have to first allow the Holy Spirit to baptize us into Jesus through our repentance and through our trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We receive the Holy Spirit at salvation, but we release Him when we are baptized into the Holy Spirit. Number two, you have to relax. One of the struggles that many times I see, especially in Pentecostal circles, conferences and camps, when I give an offer for people to come and receive the baptism into the Holy Spirit, you see these martyrs come to the front with these faces that like they're ready to take a beating for like 30 hours. This like pale, sad, like I'm ready to plow the second coming of Jesus Christ kind of a feel like this attitude and we're gonna it's gonna be gruesome it's gonna be like you see this because a lot of times there is pressure it's like you you cut something and you couldn't like release it or, or, or you're birthing something and there is this like very very tense and the more tense the more worked up people get it's it's all self-focused it's all about us the bible says in book of acts when it the day of pentecost has come you find this interesting the bible says disciples were sitting that's not how i imagine the day of pentecost I'm thinking they're on their knees because I went to a Pentecostal church. We have to be on our knees all the time. The Bible says they were sitting and the Spirit of God came. Whew, wind, 
fire starts showing up as they are sitting they're not even praying sitting they're not on their knees they're sitting now some of us the very idea of sitting and praying is offensive because there has to be some kind of a the day in the Cornelius's house the Bible says the Cornelius's family sat and Peter is talking talking and as they are sitting the Holy Ghost just start falling and they start speaking in tongues sitting what does that look like it means you have to relax I'm not talking about relax you put a straw in and you go I'm talking about relax where you stop striving and you surrender and for some of us surrender is hard because it means giving up control you have to let go of your understanding you have to let go of your mind it doesn't God doesn't say shut it off he just says put it in the back seat and then let your spirit pray and you lose control but you will get self-control when you lose control when the spirit comes he's not like alcohol when you drink alcohol you lose control you get into a car accident get a DUI and then get kicked out of your house and go to jail when the spirit comes and you give him control he gives you self-control helps you to zip your lip muzzle your mouth and tame your tongue holy spirit gives you the control you've never had over your eyes over your hands over your budget over your finances when you yield control he over he fills you but Holy Spirit never controls you. Holy Spirit will lead you but He will not drive you. Holy Spirit will power you up but He will not dominate you. When you give up control, He will give you self-control. Come on, somebody shout self-control. Holy Spirit is not a dominator. He's not like your ex. He's not a dominator. He's not a control freak. He's not a manipulator. He's not an intimidator. Holy Spirit is a gentleman but he wants you to give up control because pride and control is what keeps him away, us away from experiencing him and you have to relax and say Holy Spirit I yield to you. I yield to you and something begins to happen. He takes control but the moment He fills you, there's one thing about the Holy Spirit you will know. One thing about the Holy Spirit when He fills you. You leave that encounter with self-control, not self-destroyed. Alcohol destroys you. Other people when they get control of you, they, they trample upon your personality. They, they, they crush your identity. The Holy Spirit when He takes control, you're always left with self-control. You can actually control your emotions. You begin to control your thoughts. You begin to control. He doesn't give you wife control. He doesn't give you kids control. He doesn't give you employees control. Self-control. That's why we should run to yield control to the Holy Spirit. Because we'll end up with control over ourselves after that. You have to relax in order to be baptized into the Holy Spirit by Jesus. Number three is your choice is involved. The gift must be received. The Holy Spirit will fill you but you have to do the speaking. Verse 4 of chapter 2. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begun to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit will not speak for you. He will speak 
through you. You will do the speaking. Now a lot of times believers with all sincerity we just want the Holy Spirit to do the feeling, the speaking, the utterance and everything else. We're like Holy Spirit I just want to surrender so much that I don't even do anything. You do the speaking too, you do the thinking, you do the everything. Holy Spirit doesn't do that. He doesn't overpower you. He empowers you. He will give you utterance. Utterance it's that thing right here. Because see the filling of the Holy Spirit does not come from above. There is no well somewhere in heaven you have to reach and just grab the water from there because it's so high out there you know what the well is right here so you don't have to say God send it he's like it's actually there already it's pre-plumbed all the pipes are ready their pressure water is there already all you gotta do is open the faucet the faucet is your mouth the Bible says open your mouth I will fill it God already filled your spiritual if I can say spiritual pipes with his living water he who believes in me as the scripture says out of his belly John chapter 7 will flow out of his belly not out of the throne of God not out of the white throne not out of the realm of the spirit out of his belly will flow rivers of living water that means the water is already connected now all we have to do is open our mouth that's why people who come to receive baptism with the Holy Spirit and keep their mouths shut and they stand there like God open it <laughs> it's like God you open the mouth and I'll fill it because <laughs> like, yeah that's what you've been doing all your life <laughs> you're filling it <laughs> but I, I want to do the other way around I want you to open your mouth and I will fill it amen so when you're gonna come today or whatever you're going to be standing and you want to receive that I'm going to give you a very practical step you have to open your mouth your choice is involved it's kind of like getting drunk okay very different that's why the Bible says do not be drunk with wine but be filled with the Holy Spirit it uses the comparison under no circumstances is Holy Spirit like a liquid alcohol is the devil's substitute for the Holy Spirit but how do people get drunk well do they just sit at home and watch Chosen and Jack Daniels or tequila or vodka goes all the way from the factory where they make it goes through the street pushes through the door and there you are with your mouth closed and the alcohol pushes into your mouth opens up your lips and pushes its way into your body of course not nobody does nobody if you ever got drunk I didn't don't drink but if before in your Christian life before you became a Christian the way people got drunk is they brought alcohol home but that's not what gets them drunk they open their mouth and they begin to drink it and something begins to happen they lose control Holy Spirit is not alcohol but Holy Spirit is living water he comes and lives inside of you and God says I want you to drink of him I want you to open your mouth and something will begin to happen. Joy begins to come in. Boldness will begin to come in. You will begin to get a little bit loud. Might get a little bit rowdy. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will influence you. Some of you will speak out loud in tongues. Some of you might even feel laughter. Some of you might feel heat. Some of you may feel fire. Some people will prophesy. Some people will see visions clearly. Clear-cut pictures of other people's problems. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will influence you with His presence. Amen. Number four, your faith is needed. 
not only our choice is involved faith is required everything with God the currency is faith God does not use crypto God does not use Dogecoin his is not cash pesos Apple uh, pay or Google pay God uses one currency and one currency only it's called faith even with gifts of the Holy Spirit it operates through faith you receive salvation by faith you receive the Holy Spirit by faith and you receive the baptism into the Holy Spirit by faith how does that look practically the Spirit of God fills you you open your mouth and you release the sounds that are from your belly from your spirit trusting that God adds meaning to them my friend David Diga shared a story one time that really ministered to me he says this girl uh, was learning how to pray so she watched her father pray and he prayed with her and then he let her pray on her own and so one day the father goes in and sticks his ear next to the girl's her daughter's room and she's not he's noticing that she is quoting alphabet to God a b c d e f g and so on and the next night he hears her quoting alphabet again during prayer third night she's quoting alphabet so he comes to her and he says I am concerned for you I taught you how to pray why are you praying the alphabet she says I give God the letters and I'm trusting him to coordinate into words <laughs> smart just said 30 something letters and then let God just figure the rest of this stuff out <laughs> he knows what you need anyway it's kind of like speaking in tongues is like that you give God the syllables he adds meaning to them. Come on, come on. Amen. Number five, and that's the last one. You have to remove fear that when you speak in tongues, it's your own words or worse, it's demonic. Luke chapter 11 verse 13, it says, If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? When a person begins to speak in tongues, when they are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a beautiful feeling. But it's not just about the feeling. It's a beautiful experience, but it's not just an experience. And what typically happens is when you're done, you go home and the overwhelming doubts begin to come into your heart. You made that up. This wasn't God. It was you. Worst. The devil will plant things and say, that was demonic and we have to quote the scripture to us in Luke chapter 11 verse 13 that God will not give you a stone if you ask him for the Holy Spirit when you receive that just celebrate and say God I thank you I shared this story many times when we first started our church and we were brought up to start ministering as teenagers the first thing that our pastor did is he gathered my parents he gathered other elders in our older people who at the time they were not elders they were just young families so that their children can be filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues at that time I was a young promising minister uh, I saw myself as one day I'm gonna preach and so to be very honest with you I had a very inflated self-esteem <laughs> I thought of myself a little bit better than I should have. So I thought we we're all gonna get together on our knees and God's gonna show his mark immediately that this is the one and I'll start speaking in tongues before anybody else. Oh how wrong I was. We got on our knees and everybody spoke in tongues except me. 
and I tried so hard I gotta tell you I tried I had like probably veins popping and like they were like my face was blue I tried so hard I prayed the loudest I kept pastor said you know you, you can jump start speaking in tongues by saying hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. I said that hallelujah until I start mispronouncing and I still it just it just did not work man I was so humbled by that and I really realized that day the gift of tongues doesn't belong to those who earn it deserve it or think they're better it's a gift and some of the rest of the guys they were so chill about it God just gives them like this and because I was so stuck up in my own head God's like not you boy six months it took but I got hungry for it um, I started to fast I said God I'm gonna get it one way or the other every Wednesday I remember was not eat and go to a baseball field in Richland High School hug that that old metal push <laughs> don't take everything away but give me tongues and I, I didn't know that that's already was here all I had to do is just release it but I didn't know that and pastor told me but I still believe the Holy Spirit has to come and zap me for me to speak in tongues one Saturday two afternoon on the balcony of my of my father and my mother's duplex I remember got on my knees and started to pray my ordinary prayer God give me tongues God give me tongues and I tried to pray in tongues hallelujah 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 and something slipped one syllable it felt so good it sounded like what the other people are doing like when they're praying in tongues and then I said it again I said it again and then it just kind of started to flow one sentence it was so beautiful I right away called the pastor and I said hey I got it He's like keep on go praying and develop it he says pray more sentences not just one sentence and then he told me something that really was encouraging he says and when the devil tells you you made that up ignore him because that's exactly what happened the moment I hang up the phone I felt this voice says you made all of that up that's not from God it was from you well it was from me it had to be my mouth not somebody else's and that was the day that God filled me with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues if you are here today and you desire that I want to encourage your faith please if it's been years already and you've been wanting to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit and you're disappointed every time prayer is offered take your eyes completely off tongues today and fix your eyes on the Holy Spirit in fact I would even encourage you not to come for prayer today why because this will add another disappointment to you this is not us trying to undo the disappointments. The Holy Spirit wants you. He is the most important thing, not tongues. But He wants to baptize us. He wants to fill us. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.